All right. Hi, everybody. It's a surprise. RCFB Talk 101. Well, less of a surprise, but more like a reaction to what's going on right now in college football. As you all know, Auburn fired Brian Harson. So now we're here to see what you all want to talk about because this is a big change. I mean, it's been one that's anticipated. I know Feinbaum went on record as saying it was two weeks too late, but let's discuss. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to, to share your thoughts, please go ahead and hit request. Looks like my co-host is here. It's going to be myself, Bob Akhairi, and my regular co-host, J.D. Moore. We're going to get this conversation started. J.D., let me know when you're up here. But there's a lot of names that are being bandied around because obviously Auburn made an attempt. Well, I should say Auburn boosters and Auburn supporters made an attempted coup last summer. So certainly we've had an ongoing discussion of what might happen if Harson leaves. This is probably just as discussed as Scott Frost was before the season. If anything, this one just seems a little later than expected. But JD, how are you doing? You know what? I am not doing as good as Brian Harson. I hope that man has the greatest Mexican beach vacation with this fresh $15 million. That man deserves it. We applaud the financial finesse. Just still, again, in awe of, you know, we shouldn't be surprised by these massive buyouts that are coming into college football. But the simple fact that Auburn has now paid the most recent media number that I've seen is $41 million to fire him, Gus Malzahn, and all of their associates and assistant coaches in the course of these two coaching staffs to try to figure out who, question mark, the next hire is going to be, especially in a time where, you know, your main rivals are Alabama and Georgia, which if you are a team like Auburn, you have to try to do something to try to stay competitive with them. What a time to be alive, but congratulations again to Brian Harson for getting $15 million richer the greatest job in America is a fired Power 5 football coach. At what point does this become one of Alabama's greatest exports as a state? I mean, I guess with the, uh, with the Crimson Tide being really stable, it hasn't been. But let's talk about some of these potential targets. I mean, I think, gosh, you know, Lane Kiffin's probably in the top uh, candidates. He was interested in the job previously when Harson got it. He's doing great at Ole Miss. He's having fun. The travels he's done over the however many years, because obviously this would be, I mean, he's been in the SEC before. He's even before he was at Ole Miss, he was at Tennessee and then rehabilitated through the Nick Saban school for coaches who had a had a tough break for him at USC. I mean, Dowley's doing great at Ole Miss and he's got an attitude that is, well, like it or hate it. I think Wiley wins. Most people enjoy it. But this seems to be a, a good opportunity for him. I mean, because obviously it wouldn't be the first time Auburn had looked towards Ole Miss for their next head coach. What do you think? And by the way, for those of you out there, we'd love to hear from you. If you have thoughts on who Auburn should hire next or the tenure of Brian Harson at Auburn, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit request. Absolutely. And even if you just want to vent about the Auburn season and, you know, this was a firing that came too late or anything else that you want to talk about with Auburn football, we would love to hear from you on it. Uh, now, of course, you floated Lane Kiffin. Uh, that's been a pretty popular pick. It's going to continue to be a popular pick. I don't try to pretend to know. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, Auburn is going to be a better job than Ole Miss because I don't think anybody could have predicted some of the moves that we saw this last offseason. I mean, nobody saw Lincoln Riley moving from Oklahoma to USC or Brian Kelly from Notre Dame to LSU or uh, what you call uh, Manny going from, you know, uh, or not Manny, uh, Mario Cristobal going from uh, Oregon to Miami. I don't think at this point there's any job that is quote unquote 
better than an Auburn job right now. And, you know, if Auburn is willing to spend some money, I could see them going for anybody, including Kiffin. I don't know if this is perhaps, you know, maybe the job that makes Deion Sanders want to consider going higher than an HBCU. I'm not sure if this is one that they bring Urban Meyer back out of retirement. I don't know if this is one that you tried to go for a big swing and you tried to poach somebody else from another conference. Uh, But I do know the one thing. Auburn is one of the most booster-centric programs in the country. And we saw, you know, just this past year when Brian Harson uh, had the 6-6 six and six record, they were doing anything they could to try to fire him and get him for cause. Whoever is going to take this job is going to get paid. And congratulations to them on securing that bag. Uh, and Bobak, it appears that we have a uh, speaker up and ready now. Yeah, it's Pat Pellini. We've talked before. He's been the guest on the show talking about the, the podcast. Beyond the playbook. What's up? What's going on, guys? How's it going? I uh, wanted to get my two cents on the Auburn situation. Um, I think Chris Kleiman would be a home run hire for Auburn. Um, I think they could easily poach him from Kansas State. Um, I had the pleasure of being recruited by him at North Dakota State. Uh, He is a phenomenal guy. I think he'd be a great fit for a program like Auburn. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously had a great track record at North Dakota state and, uh, you know, and now look how he's turned around Kansas state, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, back in contention in the big 12. Um, I think that I, I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on Chris Kleiman, but I think that's the guy that Auburn needs to go after. No, no, no question. So my biggest issue that I would have with a Chris Kleiman and probably the same one that Auburn is going to also look at is one of the biggest issues that Brian Harson had was bringing stars to Auburn in recruiting. So that's not to say that Chris Kleiman isn't capable of bringing talent in. It's not to say that he's incapable of developing talent because he's shown at Kansas State that he can do both. My goodness, look at the game that he had this past week winning 48 to nothing against Oklahoma State. Uh, But I think one of the biggest issues is in his tenure, Brian Harson did not recruit a single top 75 player in the country. And when you start looking at all of the big players in terms of where you're going for recruiting, uh, the type of stars that you're getting, Brian Harson was not cutting it. And again, when you've got your rivals, they're Alabama and they're Georgia, and they are recruiting at a gangbusters level. If you continue to recruit at a Chris Kleiman level, you're just never going to compete with those two rivals on the field. And Auburn is not going to settle for that. Uh, I don't think at an Auburn, you have the capability to wait on development. Whereas Chris Kleiman at uh, Kansas state, he can develop any of the guys that he needs to be in the system that he wants to do. Whereas if you're at Auburn, you got to bring in guys that you can start winning immediately. And right now, I mean, Bobak, uh, you can go on your thoughts on that, but especially in a year where Alabama has, I think 19 blue chip recruits, which is like an all time record and zero of them are committed to Auburn. That's a problem at Auburn. And I'm not necessarily sure how Chris Kleiman fixes that. You know, there's yes, a couple certainly. of things that you, there's a couple of things you got me thinking about there. Cause I think the, the biggest problem for bringing in Chris Kleiman or someone like that, cause I think he's extremely talented and I totally agree with you, Pat on that. The problem is I'm not sure he would fit there only because of how impatient they are. I mean, they just, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it hasn't even been two full seasons and they're letting him go. And I think part of the problem is you just hired a new AD who literally took the job and within, you know, a day fired the head coach. This is going to be his, We've talked about it before because, you know, anytime, you know, when Nebraska was, was letting go Scott Frost, we talked about how that's going to be 
a career defining moment um, for their AD. But now John Cohen, this is going to be where he defines himself. I mean, he hired Mike Leach at Mississippi State, so that was a big deal for them. And we'll see how the long term goes for Coach Leach. You know, uh, for the Bulldogs, he's so far decent enough to to be a, a qualifiable hire for for Auburn. But this is going to be that big chance for him to show what he's got, and I and I think that's been a big deal. The losing the recruiting battle seemed to really, when we'd have these open call-in shows on Tuesday nights, really upset a lot of Auburn fans. And I think that led to a lot of that um, pushback, especially from the boosters that to some extent run the program maybe a bit more than others. Um, so because they need to make that big splash higher, that would be the only reason why. Because it's so funny, Pat, you're right. He is totally qualified for a lot of positions. And maybe Nebraska would be a team where where they might be willing to to find that kind of slow develop. I mean, not even slow development. I wouldn't expect much much time for him to develop players. But the past he had is such a, a stellar coach at North Dakota State, which has now developed at Kansas State. Those are my thoughts, Pat. I know you wanted to follow. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think it really just depends on you know what the new AD is looking for in a hire. You know, if you're looking for like a recruiting guy, you know, I think like you guys said, Lane Kiffin, Dion would be good. Um, but, you know, I don't really think Auburn's in much of a position to, you know, say, look, you know, if we bring in this guy, we're going to bring in a bunch of good recruits now. I think no matter what, you're going to have to develop your players. Um, and you can win in the SEC now. I mean, the, the SEC hasn't, you know, uh, other than I think this year, other than you know, uh, comparatively to the last few years, I think the SEC's, you know, by far the best conference uh, competitively. But you can win games in the SEC. You can get to se- you can get to seven eight games if you're Auburn with the talent you have every year. Um, I think uh, I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, what type of coach you're bringing in. You know, you can you can win games in the SEC East when you're playing against Vanderbilt, Missouri, uh, Kentucky. I mean, when when you're in, when you're a football program like Auburn. Um, you're still going to have to develop your players. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to out recruit a Bama or a Georgia. Um, it that's just that's just the that's just the what it comes down to. Um, I think they just I think they got to go for for a guy that that uh, you know obviously that can recruit. Um, I think people underestimate Kleiman's recruiting ability too. Um, you know, look at what look at what the, look at the talent that he brought to North Dakota State. Um, you know, he was bringing in guys that were recruited at the, at the Division One level that, you know, just wanted to go and play for him, um, play for a touted program like North Dakota State. And now look at what he's done at Kansas State. He's brought in some big transfers. He got Adrian Martinez from Nebraska to come and play for him. Um, obviously, that had some some to do with, I think his girlfriend was a volleyball player there. But, you know, he's brought in some talent to Kansas State. I don't really see why he can't do that at, at, an, at an SEC level. Um you know, but but going past the Chris Kleiman point, I think I think Dion would be a slam dunk too. Um, I think he just would bring a ton of excitement around the program. Um, obviously, like I think that would bring in recruits. Um, you know, he's a. I I think he. I, I'm pretty sure he was. He was he considering the Auburn job at one point. Could I be mistaken there? 
before they've hired so, Carson? There have been some previous media, media rumors where he's allegedly, at least in this last season, had some initial talks with TCU and Arkansas when both of those positions were open. Uh, but whether you actually believe them, I personally trust that you know about as far as I could throw those rumors. Uh, yeah. But yeah. for him individually i think the one huge thing for him is number one he got into college coaching specifically to rise up with hbcus to really elevate them and put them on the map and i mean last week they had college game day going to jackson state of all places uh which uh that for them is a huge deal in elevating their ability to be a college football program to elevate their brand of football and that's why Deion sanders ended up going to jackson state i don't know if he necessarily believes that's his full-term long-term mission uh if someone like auburn worked to come over and say hey we want you to go here is that enough of a jump for him i don't know but i definitely believe you know at least more than chris Kleiman. i mean we know for a fact that Deion sanders is a guy who's capable of getting the number one player in the country and he did that when he flipped travis hunter at the very last moment from florida state he's already recruited at top 75 level at an fcs school and i fully believe that if you know he can talk to these kids who are the top players in the country and he can get the number one player in the country to go to jackson state imagine what happens if he gets the power five uh team in order to go do that uh, but in terms of who they're going to have to hire, they have to hire somebody who does know recruiting at an elite level, which, again, is the issue with Chris Kleiman. Because, again, you can recruit very well. If you're Chris Kleiman, we've seen him do well at North Dakota State. We've seen him do very well at Kansas State. It is a huge level of difference, though, when your comparisons are no longer FCS competition, no longer midwestern competition but then it's suddenly you have to go against alabama and georgia year in and year out for recruiting uh that's going to be a completely different scale and that's why i think no matter who they have to have it's going to have to have somebody at a very high capable level i mean that's why when i see names like you know jamie chadwell or mike leach or todd monken or some of these other names that's why i just find it like very difficult to believe that these are going to be the guys who end up being the guys solely because they need some kind of super heavy recruiter that already knows how to recruit at that level uh what are your or thoughts at least that, in the I? region or at least in the region because i mean at least some of them i mean yeah, Munkin at least, you know, he's at Georgia. So he, he I knows. think Munkin would be great. Yeah. So I mean he he is at least familiar with the SC. Because I think that is the bigger concern at the root of why why that's a factor to a lot of, you know, trying to make the slam dunk higher for Auburn is that the fact that Harson w- just came out of a play. I mean, because he was at Boise State, you know. Yeah, for a hot minute, he was one of the, you know, half dozen one and done Arkansas State coaches who moved on to join bigger programs, but I think, you know, he doesn't necessarily have that that level of familiarity with the region and that hurt his recruiting. And that's something I don't think anybody at Auburn, no matter what side of the uh, the fence on on whether or not he had enough time or not or whether they wanted him ousted last summer or not. I think that's one commonality. I think Auburn would want somebody who's familiar with the region for sure. I think one other thing also to mention for anybody else who takes this Auburn job one of the fascinating things of Auburn's history is, you know, Brian Harson did not cut the mustard, uh, was probably one of the worst uh, coaching hires for Auburn in quite a few generations. But if you look back, uh, here's a fun trivia question. Who was the last Auburn coach 
who did not have at least one undefeated season or a national championship appearance at one point in his tenure. Gosh, you'd have to go back pretty far because I know... Um, God. Yeah, because, you know... Huh. I mean... I Let's see here. Uh, you'd have to go back to the 80s. Probably, I mean, it's not Melzahn, not, uh, not Gene Chizik. Uh, who did they have before that? Tuberville? And he had an undefeated season. That was the one where he got left out, and it was USC-Auburn. Pardon me, USC-Oklahoma. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Might, I don't know. I, I, if, if it's not Tuberville, I don't, it had to have been the guy before him. No, Terry Bowden had an undefeated season, but they couldn't go anywhere because they were dealing with leftover, uh, <laughs> leftover sanctions. Uh, but uh, gosh, yeah, I mean, if you're, lo- I, I think going off that point, you know, if you're looking for a guy that knows the region recruiting wise, um, I th- I th- I've seen a lot of people saying Bill O'Brien would be a good fit. He's already done a rehab job at Penn State. Um, I think he would be a good fit for Auburn as well. Um, He's obviously recruited uh, that area of the country, being at Alabama the last few years. Um, I don't really see that why why that wouldn't be a good fit either. If you're looking for for that type of coach that that knows the you know that knows the region recruiting wise, you know I th- I think uh, you know he's he's done a he's done a good job at Alabama with the talent he's had. If he can bring in some talent like that to Auburn. I don't really see why you can't get an offense going. Um, he's already done a rehab job at Penn State. He did a pretty good job there. Um, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking to get back into you know head coaching. Um, you know, I'm, he you know he has stability at, at Alabama, but you know he's he's already done rehab jobs before. I don't really see why you can't do it at Auburn. I mean, I think Bill O'Brien would definitely be a solid hire. I'm not sure it would be. Uh, you know, Auburn would have to throw a lot of money at him in order to get him because I think he's probably going to be a very high candidate when it comes to Nebraska, when it comes to Arizona State, uh, when it comes to Georgia Tech. That's been another name that's been floated out there. I think Bill O'Brien, if he wants a head coaching job, he will get one. Uh, Auburn could definitely be one of those. But to that previous trivia question, though, that I did pose, uh, the answer is Pat Dye. Uh, who stopped coaching at Auburn in 1992. That is the last head coach uh, to have not had at least one undefeated season or a national championship appearance in Auburn's history in at least the last 30 years. And then if you want to go back even further, uh, Ralph Jordan, uh, the legendary head coach uh, there, started coaching in 1951. Uh, You have Doug Barfield and Brian Harson as the only two head coaches at Auburn who did not at least win the SEC at some point in their tenure, which I think is just an absolutely amazing stat. And again, kind of shows the uh, height of the kind of coaching hire that you need to make at Auburn. And especially when you have the competition that you have on an annual basis as your rivals, Auburn's going to need to hit this one out of the park, which is why, at least for me, it's kind of difficult for me to, you know, see a reality where at least one of the playing options is we get to see Urban Meyer getting the $100 million check uh, and he comes to Auburn because that would be the kind of level of guy that they're looking for right now. You know, I, there one thing I will say when you're talking about who they'd be competing with, I mean, Georgia Tech, I, I don't think they're going to win any battles with Auburn going after a head coaching. They, 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 we've seen with just the sheer payouts they're giving out right now, 
Auburn has not tired of throwing money uh, until it works. So, you know, one candidate who we haven't really talked about yet, who is very openly interested in the job, at least hasn't before, is Hugh Freeze. Do we see him return to the SEC? Are you saying that Liberty would not be able to match or try to compete? Uh, man, if you want to talk about like just a great opportunity for someone, I mean, again, morals aside, outrage aside, right now Hugh Freeze just secured a bag for $5 million a year through 2030. He's got Liberty moving up into CUSA. He is one of the last one-loss teams left in the country right now. This is a time to be alive. For Hugh Freeze, and especially when he has one of the biggest resume markers for anybody on the market right now, you know, he's beaten Nick Saban twice. There are very few coaches that can say that at the college level, and it is uh, definitely something to continually consider uh, whenever you're going to try to look for any kind of coaching. Uh, I think one of the issues is always going to be, uh, I think Hugh Freeze would be the replacement level of uh, what Auburn is trying to look for. I find it very difficult to believe that Auburn would actually squeeze the trigger and make sure that he came onto the planes. But I think in terms of what they're looking for, I think that's going to be at least the base level of, could we succeed in the same way if we were to hire Hugh Freeze with inter-candidate X here. Plus, you're not going to have to worry about any recruiting violations if you're Hugh Freeze now with the the whole NIL. Stuff. <laughs> you know, it definitely changes it a bit for him. And it's, it's you know, I just realized they were both, I forgot that Harson and Freeze are both Arkansas State one and done. So I always forget how many people were there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That would be, hey, speaking that would of be other a- Arkansas one-dones, I mean, if you want to consider it Arkansas State, and we're going to throw out a couple of joke candidates, uh, you know, Butch Jones is a graduate of the Nick Saban School for Coaches oh. Who Want to Coach Good. Oh, you speak wow. that heresy. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not sure if I'd go quite that far. But, you know, there some of the other interesting candidates out there, you know, we talked about, obviously, Freeze and Sanders and uh, – uh, and Lane Kiffin are, are strong ones. There's some other kind of oddballs that have been out there. I mean, less of an oddball, although I'm not sure his star is shining quite as as much as it had been earlier this season, would be Mark Stoops. Because Kentucky, just seeing them competitive is, is a big change. There's and no way think? they could get Stoops to come out from to come from Kentucky. I don't see it happening personally, but he's um he's obviously had tremendous amount of success at Kentucky turn their program around he's really like i you know he's he started to recruit really well there i don't really see him you know taking that jump from one sec program to the other whenever he's have he's having you know all the success that that kentucky could ask for there um i think he's i think he's i you know i i, I just personally couldn't see it yeah, we've talked many times on this program about the incredible contract that he has at Kentucky where it's, you know, you win, uh, I think it's seven games and you get the extension. And then if you get eight games won in a season, you get an even larger extension. And he's got that job for life as long as he does just the bare minimum. And I cannot imagine, you know, especially at Auburn, they're not going to settle for, hey, if you just win seven games this year, we'll give you another extension. That's not a big deal. That's not happening. And I don't see him jumping. No doubt, but uh, I have to go, guys. It was good talking with you guys. Let, um, but my top three, um, I think, is still Chris Kleiman, Bill O'Brien, Dion. That's my top three. I'll leave it at that. You guys have a good one. Take it easy. 
Yeah, thanks for joining us, Pat. It was great hearing from you again. And again, for if sure. you want to join us, we'd love to to hear from you as we talk about possible candidates at Auburn, as we talk about how Brian Harson's tenure went at Auburn. Um, you know, JD, I know you have some total chaos candidates you wanted to toss out there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, you know, if you want to request to come on up here, we want to hear your thoughts as well. Please go ahead and request. You can hit that button right there on the bottom left. We'd love to hear from you on your thoughts about the Auburn Tigers and the open job after Brian Harson has been fired. But yeah, Bobak, you know, I'm thinking of a couple of chaos candidates because I'm also trying to think again of, you know, nobody would have expected Lincoln Riley to go to USC. No one would have expected Brian Kelly to go to LSU. So I'm trying to think of, you know, who would be realistically in that realm of if we were to get a wild out of nowhere, just poach somebody, you know, if you want to cause some huge drama for this offseason, what about Steve Sarkeesian going from Texas to Auburn? I mean, this is a guy that he's the offensive coordinator for several championship teams over at Alabama. He knows how to recruit in the SEC. He knows how to recruit at an extremely high level, given what he's done at the University of Texas so far, bringing Quinn Ewers in, bringing Arch Manning in. I mean, if we want to go talk about, like, just let's throw some absolute chaos in there. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, I think, would probably be one of those top poaching <laughs> uh, if we were to do that in the same way of Lincoln Riley to USC. That one is is true chaos. I'll give you that. Although I, I don't know if he's, gosh, at this point, has he won enough? <laughs> or would people just, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure he would have this splash. You know, but a little on the less chaotic side, how about Matt Rule? I mean, he's now available. Yeah, I mean, Matt Rule, I think, is also going to be one of those hot hands of, like, you know, that phone has to be ringing off the hook for him, especially with the turnaround that he did at Temple and the turnaround that he did at Baylor. I think he's going to be a little bit more suited for that Nebraska job, uh, more so than the Auburn job. I could see Auburn trying to be interested in that and try to offer that. But again, you have to look at where he had with the base of recruiting. I don't think he necessarily matches that uh, for what we would want to necessarily see at the Auburn job. I could see it happening, but I'm a little bit skeptical, uh, at least based on the body of work that he has had and from what Auburn is looking for. Um, I could definitely see it, though. I will definitely give you that. I do think you're right. I think he is a bit better suited to the Nebraska position. I mean, part of me is always humorous. I always want to see, you know, if we're talking total chaos candidates, I'd love to see a team just decide, you know, we're going to hire Thomas Tuchel. Just Chelsea, just let him go. Let's go with the Premier League uh, coach. No, but um, how about another chaos candidate? Who's the other one? And again, if any of you want to join in, we'd love to hear your thoughts, serious or otherwise, about who Auburn should hire, how uh, Harson did there, whatever you feel like. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so I mean, again, I think one of the big chaos ones, if you were going to go at the level of like, you know, that Lincoln Riley surprise hire to USC, uh, we've already mentioned Steve Sarkeesian as an absolutely wild, could cause a bunch of chaos. One that fascinates me, and I don't know if it would be a good idea or if it would be a bad idea, uh, but, you know, would Chip Kelly have interest in that job? I know that he doesn't recruit at the level that they would want to see, but he's brought winning culture back to UCLA. He obviously had his long streak at Oregon for a long time. I'm fascinated to know if Auburn would be desperate enough to try to pull something like that off. Because again, one of the other things that you have to remember was Brian Harson was not the first guy that they wanted to hire. Brent Venables had passed them over. Billy Napier had passed them over. And we'd kind of seen like just this chaotic coaching search when they let go of Gus Malzahn the first time. Uh, and I think like, you know, I could 
definitely see some kind of form of, you know, just, hey, we need some kind of splash hire, get anybody, and then we could see something along that type of line, or at least that kind of thinking, in order to get uh, that kind of coach. I'm trying to think of anybody else from at least the region, or of someone who has known that region before, has Power 5 experience, uh, and at least would be interesting. And I think one of those as well, if we stay in the Pac-12, you know, I know it's only been one year. But... Yeah, Dan Lanning. That was oh, who yeah. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Because at least mm-hmm. he's had experience in the area. And after that, you know, the opening loss to Georgia, each week that's passed, it seems like that was a combination of them playing, you know, <laughs> a returning national championship team and a first-year head coach and, and you know, a lot of that that shakedown. But I think he would be more plausible only because it's been such a quick uh, acceleration back to seeing an Oregon team that's that's, you know, challenging for a potential you know conference championship or you know an outside chance at even beyond while ucla it took chip kelly quite a bit of time to get them to where they are right now and again we've gone back to i don't know especially seeing how quickly they've let go of harrison auburn has any patience for um a build-up i think that would always hurt someone like chip kelly getting there and he's also kind of a hard yeah he's he's kind of a bit of a cantankerous person to deal with from all intents and purposes and i think from what it seems from the stories harson's can also a bit testy as well so not sure that would be a return that would that would seem like a bit more of what they've had to deal with um and again with that impatience that they've certainly displayed at auburn they'd want someone who seems to be able to just sort of land and 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 get that going. But I think it's it's certainly an interesting one. And I think, yeah, if, if they were gonna go somewhere like that, Lanning's been the one I would I would lean towards. But again, for to get to that point, so many others must have fallen through. I think that's gonna be the interesting thing as we pay attention to this. Whoever Auburn seems to get, we're gonna wonder who they could have got. I mean, short of I think those those initial three names that sort of come up, which are, you know, Lane Kiffin or uh, Hugh, maybe Hugh Freeze or Deion Sanders. Beyond that, I think people are going to wonder who else they tried to go after first. But we'll see. I mean, it, it's still early on. Again, if you want to suggest a name or or give your thoughts, we'd love to hear from you now. Um, we Again, it's RCFB Talk 101. We're talking about Auburn Dunn, Harson Round, and... Uh, seeing uh who's going to be the next person there because again they one thing that, that did strike me though you know they're paying their new ad john cohen 1.5 million dollars allegedly to be there and i mean this is it this is the first movie he's made he's spent 10 times his apparently like, yeah it's 10 times his annual salary to fire the uh the head coach and get a new one which will let him really put his imprint on the program because again at mississippi state he's the one who hired mike leach you know, speaking of, do you think he'd try to bring Mike Leach to Auburn? Would that be a little too crazy for Auburn? I, I don't know if that would match. I, I think one of the biggest issues that you would have with that is he's been out since he took over the Mississippi State job. He's been outscored what? Like it's like 106 to 15 against Alabama since he took over the Mississippi State job. And I mean, he's had only one touchdown ever against the Crimson Tide. That came in garbage time in the fourth quarter. I cannot imagine that being a successful hire at Auburn. And I think Auburn's boosters would absolutely revolt. Uh, And, you know, Cohen would find himself in the way of John Curry or uh, these other infamous athletic directors who, you know, tried to throw over a lead balloon. Uh, as their hiring search, I cannot imagine any world where Mike Leach ends up being the guy. 
I think that's a I think that's a fair assessment. I I would have been shocked uh, if that had happened. But you know you can't help but ask it, especially when the athletic director has moved just over. You know, one of the things that struck me, and one of the reasons I'm not the only thing I'm really surprised about this fire, and I think everyone's just surprised that it took so long. And I think oh, to absolutely. some lesser extent that it's a Monday because this is typically a Sunday morning. Or I think the all time my all time favorite coach firing. And again, you might know his name off the top of your head because he's a Texas guy. But at North Texas, was it Dodge? The, uh, Deggy. Deggy. Oh, yeah. But I just remember he got fired on the way to the postgame presser when he lost to an FCS team by, I think at the time, the biggest record. At Portland State walked in and beat North Texas at home by some incredible number. And it, like the, the, the media was like he was fired before he was at the presser. It was in the middle of the season. So, I mean, there are precedents for kind of crazy terminations. But going back to what happened here, I think that's a big surprise that it just took so long for Auburn to decide to to pull the plug. And I'm, I'm wondering behind the scene. Again, actually strike that the athletic director. They had the permanent hire. He can now be in the firing line because he made that decision. It lets him, in a way, it's a win-win because he gets to look like he's being decisive and, and pick that next candidate. But one of the things I'm not surprised that happened this weekend as well was watching the uh, the you know the Tigers lose to the Razorbacks. That was um, that was definitely one of those moments where, as a lot of it's so funny. I think that was a striking moment in the post game discussion that we had on Reddit about the uh, Arkansas. You know they won forty one to twenty seven over Auburn. A lot of folks were like, "This is one thing that Auburn under Gus Malzahn was always really good at." Because Malzahn was always, you know, and if you know that background, Malzahn was an Arkansas guy. He was a head coach. Mitch Mustaine, this, some of you may remember that name, was a very much ballyhooed quarterback who was his quarterback. So what do they do? They bring him to Auburn to be the, uh, pardon me, to Arkansas to be his offensive coordinator. Various reasons. They, uh, um, gosh, what's his name? Oh, the head coach didn't want him there anymore. They, they changed the offense around. And then next thing you know, he's, He's bouncing around, becomes a head coach at Arkansas State, you know, jumps from there to be Auburn's head coach. And we always, everything ends up tonight kind of heading back towards Arkansas State at one point or another. But he ends up there. Um, and one thing he was always good at was taking out Arkansas with a vengeance because of we, you know, a lot of fans seem to think that he really is bitter that he never got a chance to be that next head coach there. Again, if you have thoughts on who Auburn should hire next or how they've gone with the process, because obviously Harson, you know, the tenure has been interesting all summer. We've dealt with, uh, not dealt with, it, we've been delighted by listening to all the chaos that was happening with the boosters attempting a failed coup to get him out of the program. And I think that's another question that any potential head coach is going to wonder how, the, the chaos that Auburn is, is, for better or worse, known for with, the, uh, with all the push and pull in that, in that athletic program, who's going to be making the calls there? And, I, and from what we understand, back in 2020, when Harson was, uh, was ultimately hired, some of the other candidates were a little soured by the fact that Auburn as a program, you're never not entirely sure who the decision maker is ultimately going to be. Where some programs, it's a lot, it's a lot firmer. So that's going to be another factor in all of this for these candidates. Are they going to be looking at Auburn and seeing how quickly that let go of Harson, knowing that the boosters can suddenly start to try and pull a coup? If you have any skeletons in your closet, they're probably going to find them at Auburn because those folks are some of the best apparent detectives in the universe 
Um, <laughs> and certainly, you know, you're not only going to be dealing with Auburn fans digging into you. I mean, Alabama fans would love nothing more than to delight in uh, pulling something on whatever candidate Auburn ends up hiring. But there's so many candidates. We've talked about a, a number of them. We've obviously talked about Lane Kiffin. We've talked about you Freeze. We've talked about Dion. We touched lightly on Jamie Chadwell. I mean, you know, let, let's talk about him for a second again, J.D., because, you know, he's been a success everywhere he's been. I, I'm a fan of him. We've had him on the show before. You know, he was he went to Charleston Southern. That was the, the last head coaching position he did. It's a team that isn't particularly good. It's extremely, you know, it's limited among FCS programs. Got them into the playoff. That was a big deal. And I actually see so we have a guest. I want to go ahead and let you up. Um, and as soon as, uh, well, actually, no, never mind. It, it hopped right out. Sorry. I thought we had someone in the queue, but, um, you know, he's been solid every program he's been at, you know, Joe Mowgli uh, saw the talent in and brought him up as his OC. And then through a series of unfortunate health events, he became the head coach real quick. He's a solid coach. Do you think he doesn't quite have what it takes yet? Has he not proved himself enough to be someone for an Auburn to consider? So he's a very interesting case because, again, I think if we continue to go with that original line of, you know, who can recruit at a level to compete against Alabama, against Georgia, I mean, that's not going to be the guy. But I could see it working in the way that Paul Johnson worked at, uh, you know, Georgia Tech when he was the very annoying, ran that triple option offense and didn't necessarily need the super huge athletes, but he just annoyed the hell out of everybody, still got to a New Year's Six every so often. That might be palatable. But again, as we've mentioned, uh, the standard for Auburn has been at least for every single coach for the last 30 years, have at least one undefeated season in your tenure and or make a national championship appearance in your tenure. Um, personally, I think as a neutral fan i think jamie chadwell and his modified triple option offense would be delightful to watch at auburn but i'm not 100 percent sure about uh you know would he be able to fulfill the dreams of hey we're looking for someone who can compete for a national championship uh i don't know if that's uh, the answer for that but as a neutral fan absolutely would love to see jamie chadwell in that kind of position would love to see it be tried yeah, I agree. I think he's going to eventually be pulled out by a P5 program, but it's not going to be that. Like, if, you know, going back to what, you know, we had Pat Pellini on earlier, and his suggestion was Chris Kleiman, which I think both of us strongly doubt he would from K-State. But that would be someone like K-State would probably replace with, not that they'd hire him, but, you know, a team, uh, kind of a mid-level P5 team or, or even a, a bottom P5 team would, would consider throwing some money and taking a risk on, but not... Auburn, because Auburn certainly, it, for good reason, envisions itself as being a peer competitor to Alabama, to Georgia. And they're going to want a head coach that is like, you know, the surprise we got, as we've talked about earlier, of Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. You know, they'd want someone of that level. So sometimes you'll hear, I've read like Bill Clark, who, you know, stepped down from UAB because he had some health issues. I would be shocked if Auburn took a risk on pulling him in as their next head coach. That would be something far down. So I think really, you know, going back to guys like Deion Sanders, Lane Kiffin, and, you know, even Hugh Freeze, what, if you were looking between those three, what would be the pluses and minuses to you, J.D.? I think at least on those three names. So Lane Kiffin, I think, would probably be the best hire that you could probably get at Auburn right now. 
Uh, again, that's just for the basis of is somebody able to recruit at that level? Does somebody know that region? Can somebody deal with SEC boosters? Can somebody, uh, you know, try to compete with the Alabamas and Georgias and the teams that Auburn will play every single year? I think that's probably going to be your likeliest best because he's going to have the most of the pros. He's got the experience of winning championship levels. He's had the experience of recruiting the SEC. He knows how to deal with that booster base. Uh, and I think really the only cons you would have, at least at that point, would be, number one, he would be insanely expensive because, you know, Ole Miss is going to match whatever Auburn's going to try to throw out there. And especially, you know, if you want to prove that Auburn is the better job, you're going to have to throw the money out there. So you're probably going to have to see some kind of Jimbo Fisher, Mel Tucker type money thrown out there as a guarantee. Uh, but at least for that, I mean, that's really your only major cons on that one. Um, I think for Deion Sanders, I mean, I think the biggest cons are, you know, he is still relatively unproven at that level. I think it's been proven that he knows how to coach FCS football incredibly well. I think it's been shown that he knows how to recruit very well. Uh, but I think at least for right now, you know, we've really only seen him against FBS competition only a few times. And, you know, one of those was losing to ULM. Granted, Nick Saban did the same in his first year at Alabama. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think that's going to be one of your biggest ones. We've never seen him have to deal with boosters on a massive level like he'll have to do at Auburn. We've never seen him have to kind of guide that type of program before or go against a competition where he's got, you know, people who have as much talent or if not more talent than what he's got at Jackson State right now when he goes up against a Southern, a Grambling, or any of these other teams. I think uh, that's at least your huge con on that one. But, uh, hey, it seems that we got a, a new caller up here now. Hey, Milt, what's up? Feel free to unmute. It's in the bottom left on the phone. Uh, what's going hey. on, everyone? This is my first time. Um, Welcome. As soon as I Welcome. saw the Auburn coach got fired and saw this blog, I wanted to jump in. A candidate I like is Matt Rule. Yeah, you know, and we, we've talked lightly about him. And don't worry, we love, we have to repeat ourselves because we know people jump in and out. You know, he's certainly proven himself. We were wondering if he might be better suited to like Nebraska, only because we were thinking about what makes him a successful coach and, and where he's done well. Um, but he's going to be, I think, a name in every coaching search because he is the big NFL, former NFL coach. You know, he's fired in the NFL, but has a, a great college track record. It would be, I think, Auburn is at very least going to. I'm sure. I, I'm sure Matt Rule's agents have reached out to Auburn if he, if they haven't kicked the tires themselves. JD, do you want to just hit back on what you were thinking on on Rule here? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know what, number one, I think Matt Rule is a fantastic coach. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would be the worst hire at Auburn. Uh, I think it'd be certainly a fine hire, but I'm not sure if Auburn will have the patience to see him do a rebuild in the way that he's typically done a rebuild because he's had the results of Temple, he's had the results of Baylor, but he also had at least three years at both of those institutions. And, you know, Auburn's firing, you know, Brian Harson out here, uh, you know, not even, what, 21 games into his tenure. Uh, I'm not sure that Auburn's going to have the patience for a Matt Rule buildup. Uh, and then again, uh, in order for Auburn to have its own version of success, it has to be able to keep up with an Alabama and a Georgia every single year because those are the chief rivals. Uh, I'm not sure if Matt Rule uh, will get the patience and the long enough leash 
to build what he would need to build at Auburn to make it good for the long term. Uh, but that being said, I do think that Matt Rule will be a top candidate. I think he will be a little bit more suited for like that Nebraska job, maybe the Colorado job. Uh, but I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere next year, and Auburn very well could be one of them. I mean, it's a great. I, I definitely think he's going to be tossed out a lot. You know, I'm going to throw out a total joke candidate, so don't freak out. But I mean, I was thinking, who's someone who's played in the state of Alabama? who's been a head coach at, at many programs all over the world, you know, all really, I think all over the world, but you know, all over the country, you know, could you imagine a, a total shocker like Mike Riley? <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm sorry. That would, that would make me laugh only because I still remember how crazy it was when Nebraska pulled him up, but. Okay, see, when you were going with that buildup, uh, I thought you were going to say, you know, Tommy Tuberville quits from the Senate to come back and finish the job. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, and we, we, you know, you mentioned it, but I mean, that's, that's another example of someone who, um, uh, yeah, someone who came from Ole Miss. Cause that was the thing. That was the famous pine box comment. I won't leave Ole Miss except in a pine box. And then two days later he was a head coach of Auburn. Um, so that's why I think a lot of eyes are on Lane Kiffin to see if that road is open again, if that coaching pipeline is going to send him to a team he seemed interested in prior. So I think, the idea of seeing um, Lane Kiffin being in the same state competing again. I mean, not that you know, Ole Miss is that far away, but watching that rivalry, you know, adding the former <laughs> the the former assistant against the master, I think that's going to play up even more than ever. I think that would be just a delight. Just from the sheer, you know, humor of those of us who have to talk about college football, write about college football, I think that alone would make that one of the more interesting hires to see. And, and by the way, frankly, I'm kind of curious to see where Brian Harson lands. I mean, right now he's in the rush. He's getting that payout. He's getting the sweetest deal of them all right now. I mean, his birthday is tomorrow and I believe Auburn owes him half of the $15 million within 30 days. So, I mean, you know, happy birthday to him. And, you know, today was of course, Nick Saban's birthday. You know, he's the Halloween birthday guy. He turned 71 some folks have joked this is not the greatest Halloween gift to see my uh, Brian Harson leave Auburn, but um, certainly Harson's going to get you know fifteen million dollars, at least seven million dollars, pretty soon to make that his November first birthday pretty sweet. Um, JD, what else? I mean, so we've talked about you know. I just want to go back to Dion really quick. The other interesting thing about Dion, if they were to go that route, is he's such a strong personality. It makes it's part of what makes him attractive as a head coach um, and what's made it work so well at Jackson state. Cause he's not the first former NFL great to suddenly be a head coach in, you know, in the SWAC or in the MEAC or, or just across, you know, the FCS level, let alone HBCUs. So, I mean, he's been that magnetic personality there and I'm not sure if, Auburn is going to let that breathe to the level that would be beneficial. And I wonder what program would be that place for him. And I don't want to necessarily speculate on where Dion would move to. I mean, quite possibly he might just stay. And I, I could see him doing that too. At this point, I was much more skeptical last year. I was thinking, oh, this is a mercenary move. He's going to move on. He's going to bounce to some other program. But now I'm wondering if he does want to just stay there until he gets bored or decides there's a bigger challenge for him to achieve and whether or not he because, I mean, there's two things that are going to happen. Some of the candidates are who might go to a program like Auburn might also want to stick with their program until they finish whatever they started. 
And that sometimes runs out of room because then suddenly if you're the, the AD at Auburn, if you're John Cohen, you're like, I, I don't have the patience to do this. People are going to think I'm not getting the coach I want. I'm you know, they, they might move on quickly. And we see that sometimes. You know, part of the reason I think P.J. Fleck ended up at Minnesota was because of the chaos that ended up in Minnesota, losing their head coach after the bowl season, right after the bowl season. So suddenly P.J. Fleck, who had just completed a season where he had taken Western Michigan into the uh, New Year's Six, then he was willing to look, but he was not willing to look before that happened. So that's sometimes you get those sweet spots like that. But some of the coaching candidates that might be tossed out there could be folks that'll be in that boat where they don't want to leave until maybe they've wrapped up their season or at least wrap the regular season. And a place like Auburn or a place like Nebraska or a place like that may not be willing to be patient with that. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to go. J.D., what are your, some of your thoughts as I've kind of been bouncing all over the place here? Yeah, so I mean, again, I think one of the huge things is I think Deion Sanders brings that kind of oomph, that kind of energy, that uh, at least credibility for recruiting that really fills in everything with Auburn. I think two things that are going to knock him is, you know, it's still not been that long ago since prime prep uh, went down in flames, the prep school that he uh, tried to build out in Dallas. I know that's still a very sore thing for a lot of administrators looking to hire him at a higher level. Uh, And I think one of the other things that we're also going to have to look at is I think he's objectively been a fantastic coach at the FCS level, objectively been a great HBCU coach. But one of the things that he's had is a clear uh, talent disparage uh, against uh, anybody else that he's had to play at that level. And I think, you know, you might be in for a very harsh reality check of, you know, how good is he at strategy when he doesn't have all the best players on the field? And how does he respond to that? Uh, I think that's going to be the more curious question of any Power Five team that ends up hiring him. And again, to put him in the fishbowl, that would be the Auburn job. Good boy. Again, neutral observer would love to see it. I think he really uh, elevates the recruiting and the talent pool at Auburn, but I'm still got some curiosities on the administration and the response to having that type of adversity. Let's see what happens with that. Hey, Blake, sorry. We, uh, uh, I know you're on. We'd love to hear from you. What's up? Hey, I was just wondering how big of a deal is it for Auburn's next hire to have SEC experience? Because we, we look at the previous coaches that they've had that have had SEC experience, and they've been very successful. But you take Harson, a West Coast guy, and you plug him in, and he just never took uh, – he, he just never got solid ground to, to, to run on. So how big of a deal is it um, to, to have that SEC experience? Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Uh, I think no matter what, uh, this guy is probably going to want some SEC experience because, I mean, I think just even with the uh, athletic director search, I mean, the news came out today that they originally had tried to hire uh, Hunter Yurchek, uh, the athletic director over at Arkansas, before they ended up getting John Cohen from Mississippi State. Uh, Auburn wants to have somebody who has that SEC experience, who knows what kind of pressure cooker the job is going to be, what that region is in order to get not just into Alabama recruits, but to uh, Louisiana recruits, into Florida recruits, into Georgia recruits, and to really have that Southeastern profile uh, who they are able to recruit at the level that they need to and who's able to 
put up with the pressures that are needed. I think that's one of the things that Brian Harson came in woefully unprepared for to understand how important recruiting was to the job and to understand how much of a pressure cooker the job was going to be. Because again, uh, Brian Harson had been the biggest fish in a small pond for quite a long while. Uh, he was the head coach at Boise State for a long time. And of course, in the Mountain West G5 conference, you're the biggest fish there. You're winning out a lot of games there. Brian Harson at one point wanted to openly leave the conference with Boise State or as a head coach either way. And he ended up being able to exit first before Boise State did. And I think really anybody who ends up taking the Auburn job needs to understand the culture of the SEC. And the only way that you really do that is by previously coaching in that area or at least having intimate experience with that region. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Bobak? I strongly agree with you. And I, I think that's the number, the biggest takeaway for whatever candidate Auburn ends up pursuing. They, they had their experience going out to something you know, a little different, going with Boise State. And and by the way, I just want to say it's funny you mentioned that that distaste for the pressure cooker environment because Brian Harson's predecessor at Boise State, Chris Peterson, obviously went to University of Washington, but he famously turned down overtures from USC. And part of that, from what was reported, was that he didn't want to be in that kind of a pressure cooker, which kind of indicates that Boise State. As you said, you're the big fish in a small pond. Everyone probably just sort of, hey, what's up? It's it's not West Coast, it's Idaho. But you know, at the same time, it's you know, it's it's pretty relaxed. You you get as long as you're winning, everyone likes it. They've had nothing but success between Cotter to Hawkins to Peterson, um, you know, to Harson to now, uh, you know, Avalos. But you know, here we are, and 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 jumping into Auburn, the pressure is just so much. There. You know, uh, JD, I know you're running out of time. I know you wanted to add something real quick. So before I continue, I'll let you you come back in right now. Yeah, I think uh, you know we've talked about pressure cookers, and especially the idea of Chris Peterson when he decided to go to Washington as opposed to USC. I think one thing that we are starting to see, at least at the college level, and one of the reasons why I think it's going to be an incredibly expensive hire, regardless of the buyouts that have already been spent out, which again. Media reports are putting it out like, you know, uh, $15 million for Harson, a lot more for his assistance. Combine that with the firing of uh, Gus Malzahn not too long ago. You're looking at probably about $41, $42 million for that pair of firings from Auburn in the last two years. Uh, I think no matter who that they're going to have to hire, they're going to have to see similar to a Jimbo Fisher type of contract. Uh, and I think right now uh, it's very interesting to see at least a shift from these uh, newer generations of coaches where we've seen, you know, Jeff Trailer very famously turned down Texas Tech and some Texas overtures to stay at UTSA for another 10 years. We saw the same thing with Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, uh, declining down some offers to stay there long term. We saw that with Dave Doran over at North Carolina State. We've seen a lot of these coaches who have been, you know, asked to be a part of these pressure cookers and they ended up turning it down. Uh, that's why I think no matter who Auburn has to hire, they have to swing for the fences and offer some huge guaranteed money, uh, regardless of who it's going to be. And I don't think, you know, this next coach, if it doesn't work out, they're not going to fire them for $20 million because that would be a bargain for them at this point. JD, one last thought for you. What do you think about Dave Aranda? Aranda is fascinating. Um, I think he's happy at Baylor. Because uh, again, he gets to fly a little bit under the radar, but man, that would be 
right up there with one of those other ones of, you know, we never would have thought that Lincoln Riley would have taken the USC job. Dave Aranda taking the head coaching job at Auburn, I would not rule that out. Uh, I think he'd have some success there. Uh, Don't know how he would do in terms of recruiting, but in terms of like, you know, can I win a championship? Can I win a conference? Do I know the pressures of the SEC? Man, that'd be a solid look. Yeah, I just wanted to throw him out there because that was one of the names we never quite hit on and, and one I would think could be interesting um, at the very least. I know, for example, Jeff Grimes, his offensive coordinator, has also been sort of tossed out in some lists. Although, again, not sure Auburn is going to necessarily go that route and go with a former, uh, go with the current coordinator. They probably want to make a big splash. I could see that um, Cohen did that at least by pulling someone like Mike Leach to Mississippi State. He's their AD now at Auburn. He's going to want to put some kind of big signature hires. And I'm sure there's several head coaches who would be willing to take that position, even if they might not be as talented in the long run as it turns out. So we've been doing this now for a little over an hour, um, and we're going to have to slowly wrap up. We know it's Halloween for a lot of people, but again, lots of lots of big names. I mean, I think between JD and I, we both think like a lot of folks that Lane Kiffin would probably be the most interesting hire. I'm not saying he would be the best Q Freeze will probably get thrown out there because Liberty looks solid. And if people can get past the shortcomings he's had, um, you know, in his personal life, he might be an attractive hire to see him return to the SEC. Deion Sanders will be discussed no matter what. I, I don't know if he's necessarily this would be the right fit quite yet, but he certainly his name is going to be thrown out there quite a bit uh, with his name rising as it is. We talked a little bit about Jamie Chadwell might not be quite ready for a position where somebody at uh, top P5 would be willing to take that risk, although he's certainly a talented head coach. We talked about Mark Stoops at Kentucky, probably going to stay there. Mike Leach would be probably not the right fit, but we can't help but mentioning it because it's the guy who hired him is now hiring at Auburn. But there's lots of other guys out there. We've been talking about, you know, Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, you know, Matt Rule coming from the NFL. We think he'd be better fit at, you know, Nebraska, but who knows? Good fit. Certainly wasn't what led them to hire Brian Harson. So who knows who will end up being hired at Auburn. But all of that said, it's been a pleasure talking to all of you. We're going to go ahead and slowly start wrapping this up. This was RCFB Talk 101. We appreciate hearing from all of you. And on behalf of all of us, thank you for listening. Now I'm going to hang up and listen.